Another police shooting of an unarmed black man in Minneapolis spurs riots, and Rashida Tlaib calls for an end to policing. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You have a right to privacy. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com. Slash Ben, I'll get to all the news in just one moment. First, do you actually think that the nation's economy is going to be insulated from Joe Biden's massive tax increases? Those are coming. How about from inflation? That will come sometime in the near future because you can't blow money into the economy this way and hope that it's not going to create some sort of bubble. Well, there is a great way to protect your savings. Do what over 10,000 other smart investors have done. Convert a portion of your retirement accounts into gold and silver with my friends over at Birch Gold. When inflation hits, gold and silver are, in fact, your safe haven. And Birch Gold Group, those are the people I trust to help you convert an IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by gold and silver. Through April 30th, on qualifying purchases, when you open a precious metals IRA with Birch Gold, they'll send you a free home safe. Birch Gold, those are the people I buy my gold from. You can trust them as well. Text Ben to 474747 for your free information kit on precious metals IRAs. Or to speak with a Birch Gold representative today with 10,000 customers. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews. They can help you too. Text Ben to 474747 for your free safe with qualifying purchase. And to get started, talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. Ask all your questions and then take at least a little bit of your savings and put it into gold to insulate against the possibility of failure in the United States economy. All righty. So the news at this hour continues to be widespread unrest in the city of Minneapolis all following the shooting of Dante Wright. Dante Wright was pulled over uh, on the basis of a of a traffic violation. And then he died basically because it seems that the cop in this particular incident drew a taser, this female cop. She drew a taser as opposed to her gun, mistook her taser for the gun and proceeded to shoot the, the 20-year-old Dante Wright. This is very reminiscent of the situation back in 2015 in which a black man in Oakland named Oscar Grant was shot by a police officer who claimed that he thought he was firing a taser at Oscar Grant and, in fact, shot a gun at him and killed him. Uh, Dante Wright, it seems like the same sort of thing. And this seems like a pretty open and shut case of involuntary manslaughter. The reason I say that is because there's body cam footage. And it is obvious from the body cam footage that the cop in this particular case was not intending to kill Dante Wright and pretty much obviously says on the tape, whoops, which is awful and horrible. Also, it is manslaughter, not murder. Here is here's what that body cam footage sounded like. So Wright is being handcuffed in this particular tape. And uh, they go to uh, handcuff Wright, and uh, then Wright tries to break free, tries to get in the car, is resisting arrest, but the punishment for resisting arrest is not being shot, obviously. The officer withdraws a gun and proceeds to... Okay, and you can hear the cop there shout, Taser, Taser, Taser. Right, she says, Taser, Taser, Taser. She obviously thought that she was firing a Taser at Dante Wright. It was not, in fact, a Taser. It was a gun. And there's been this attempt by the Twitterverse to try and say that she clearly knew it was a gun, but she screwed. That, that's not right. I mean, it's pretty obvious that she thought she was firing a Taser. That does not justify the activity, nor does it mean that you get off in terms of criminal liability, scot-free. The officer in the Oscar Grant case ended up being convicted of manslaughter and doing some jail time. This all resulted in the usual round of rioting and looting in Minneapolis. The Brooklyn Center police chief came out and said right off the top that this gunshot was, in fact, accidental. Here was the, here was the Brooklyn Center police chief. His name is Tim Gannon talking about this. 
As I watched the video and listened to the officer's commands, it is my belief that the officer had the intention to deploy their taser, but instead shot Mr. Wright with a single bullet. This appears to me, from what I viewed and the officer's reaction and distress immediately after, that this was an accidental discharge that resulted in the tragic death of Mr. Wright. Okay, well, the the chief, Tim Gannon, was then really sort of berated by members of the media. And he says, listen, I'm just trying to be honest here. I'm trying to be transparent with you. This is what I'm here for. Okay. I'm the leader of this department. They expect me to lead. Create a safe city. That's what I'm trying to do. So that's that's it. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm emotional. I'm just trying to be honest. Okay, well, being honest is not something that uh, apparently the media celebrate in this day and age when it comes to dealing with these sorts of very fraught situations, obviously a tragedy like this one. How much is honesty not prized? Well, here's an example. There is a Brooklyn City manager. His name is Kurt Bogany. And he was giving a press conference and he was asked if this officer is going to be summarily fired. And Kurt Bogany said, what is true, legally speaking? He said, the officer is entitled to due process. We have union rules. And once due process is carried forward, then we'll tell you more. Hey, here's what Bogany had to say. All employees working for the city of Brooklyn Center uh, are entitled to due process with respect to discipline. Uh, this employee will receive due process. And that's really all that I can say today. Okay, this resulted, I kid you not, in Kurt Bogany being fired. Okay, according to Fox News, Kurt Bogany was fired on Monday evening, hours after he publicly disagreed with Mayor Mike Elliott's assertion that the police officer who fatally shot a black man in a Minneapolis suburb should be immediately fired in response to the incident. Mayor Mike Elliott said, effective immediately, our city manager has been relieved of his duties and the deputy city manager will be assuming his duties moving forward. I'll continue to work my hardest to ensure good leadership at all levels of our city government because good leadership obviously means that you don't call for due process for people who are going to end up in the criminal justice system. Good leadership means that people are summarily fired without due process, obviously. I mean, not just summarily fired, but if you say that they should have due process, then you lose your job too. This is pretty wild stuff. And frankly, I think there's probably a First Amendment case here on behalf of the Brooklyn city manager. I mean, if you're getting fired by a public agency for the great crime of saying that somebody needs due process before you fire them. I, I don't know how that's a fireable offense. This person has a pretty obvious claim against the, the city for, for the firing. Elliot said, let me be very clear. My position is we can't afford to make mistakes that lead to the loss of life of other people in our profession. I do fully support releasing the officer of his or her duties. Before leaving the podium, Elliot noted Bogani as city manager had the authority to determine whether the officer would be fired. And Bogani said that this employee will receive due process. That's all I can really say. And then when asked about personal feelings, Bogani again said, due process, said, if I were to answer that question, I'd be contradicting what I said a moment ago, which is to say that all employees are entitled to due process. And after that due process, discipline will be determined. If I were to say anything else, I'd be contradicting the idea of due process. The mayor didn't like this. And the mayor, one of the reasons the mayor didn't like this is because the mayor and the city council are afraid that if this person is not summarily fired without due process, and by the way, this will end with the person being fired. It's a pretty obvious breach of, of duty on the behalf on, on the part of the officer and a criminal act in all likelihood. This person probably goes to jail for involuntary manslaughter. Council member Chris Lawrence Anderson said she voted to fire Bogany out of fear of potential reprisals from protesters if she did not. So we are now having our government run by mob rule. We are now having the mob determine whether people are guilty or innocent and what punishments they should receive and whether or not you are allowed to say that somebody should receive due process or not. And meanwhile, you have Rashida Tlaib, a congresswoman from 
from Michigan saying this wasn't an accident at all, which, of course, is patently crazy. Here's Rashida Tlaib's tweet, quote, it wasn't an accident. Policing in our country is inherently and intentionally racist. Oh, is it inherently and intentionally racist? Because it seems to me that when you watch that tape, it is extremely obvious that this was an accident. The, the female officer in question shouts, taser, 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 fires a gun and then says, oh, my God, I shot him. It's hard to see a more open and shut case of involuntary manslaughter than that. It is very, very obvious that this officer should have known that they were firing taser, number one. And number two, didn't know they were not firing taser. A Dante Wright says that Rashida Tlaib was met with aggression and violence. I'm done with those who condone government-funded murder. No more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. Um, I'd love for all Democrats to run on this. No more policing or incarceration. Let's see how that works out. One of the things that you may have noticed is that the murder rate in Minneapolis has skyrocketed since the George Floyd protests. You're going to see another murder skyrocket in the aftermath of this particular shooting because the police are simply going to stop policing. At the behest of people like Rashida Tlaib. Seriously, guys. Do it. Really do it. Run on this. Run on no more policing and no more incarceration and see how far it takes you. There's a reason that murder in America's major metropolitan areas was up 33% last year. By the way, this should be a pretty ringing rebuttal of many of the claims made over the past couple of decades about why the crime rate declined from 1994 to 2015. There are many theories that were put out there, ranging from lead paint was removed from schools to abortion to economics. Okay, but here's the thing. The economy was kind of booming in 2014, 2015, 2016, or at least it was on a growth curve. And that did not stop a massive uptick in violence during those years. As soon as you start loosening the restrictions with regard to criminal behavior, you get an uptick in violence. If your solution to police misconduct is disband the police, you don't have the best interests of your constituents at heart. So seriously, Democrats do this. Keep running on this. Please, please. We'll get to more of this in just one second. First, let's talk about your safety and security at home. A lot is happening out there on your front door. And that's one thing that hasn't changed. At my house, I get more groceries delivered and friends stopping by as the pandemic wanes. It's never been more important to be able to see who is there or what is happening in my front door. And that's why now is the perfect time to upgrade your doorstep with a Ring video doorbell. With Ring, you can see and speak to whoever is at the door from anywhere right on your phone. You'll never miss a visitor, whether it's your neighbor, your dinner, your groceries. You can keep those packages and deliveries safe. With motion detection, you get notified even if they don't ring the doorbell. If somebody stops by or something is going on, Ring will let you know. I love that Ring video doorbell. When we moved from California to Florida, it was literally one of the first things my wife said was get the Ring video doorbell, put it on the door. I also want Ring devices around my house so I can keep track of my kids and keep track of my property. You can do the same right now. Get a special offer on the Ring welcome kit at ring.com slash Ben. It comes with that Ring Video Doorbell 3 and the Chime Pro. It's the perfect way to upgrade your front door and start your Ring experience. Head on over to ring.com slash Ben. That again is ring.com slash Ben. Ring.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so the Democratic response to this shooting is that police apparently should either be disbanded or completely reform. Minnesota's Governor Tim Walls, who's a Democrat, he says, we have to stop pretending we can't do anything. I don't know. Honest to God, I don't know what you can do in this particular situation beyond officers who behave like this need to go to jail. I, like, I don't know what systemic policing needs to be changed. Maybe a better selection techniques for people who join the cops, better training techniques for people who join the police force. But other than that, what is the systemic, is, there, is this a systemic racial problem when somebody withdraws a taser or withdraws a gun and thinks it's a taser? Is it a systemic racial problem when there is no evidence in the Derek Chauvin case, for example, that race was even a, a driving factor in that particular case? Doesn't matter. Here's Tim Walls pushing this. 
We can stop pretending that this is just the natural order of the universe and things happen this way. I'm going to demand that the legislature finally hold some hearings on some of these reforms, as I said, that have passed in other states and have proven to make a difference. Things that are supported by both law enforcement and community members. Things that we know that would reduce the chance of a routine traffic stop escalating into a loss of life. There are things that can be done. Okay, so in this particular case, the routine traffic stop should not have turned into a loss of life because it was, in fact, an accident, right? As you can see from the body cam footage, a tragic, terrible accident for which the officer, again, will likely spend jail time. It is also true that in this particular incident, the situation escalated at the beginning because the person resisted arrest. That does not mean that the punishment for resisting arrest is getting shot in the chest, obviously. So I'm I'm just... I don't know what solution Walls is proposing here other than he's just going to say things like, we know the solution to this. I, I don't know. The sol- do you, really, do you know the solution to cops just doing bad things that are already criminal? I, I don't I don't know the solution to that. And I don't think Rashida Tlaib does. And I don't think that Tim Walls does. But here's the same Paul Mayer saying, we have to keep asking ourselves, why does this keep happening over and over? This is Melvin Carter, the, the mayor of uh, St. Paul. We have to ask ourselves, why, how? Does this keep happening over and over again in America, in the world, in Minnesota? We have to know that the first law of motion is that objects in motion will remain in motion until some force stops it from happening. And so when we recognize this strong, horrific trend that keeps happening over and over and over again, we have to know that Dante Wright will not be the last name, will not be the last hashtag on this list until and unless we take decisive and urgent action to ensure that he is. Okay, I don't know what that means. I honest to God don't know what that means. What what exactly are you proposing here? Are you proposing like Rashida Tlaib that we get rid of the cops? Are you proposing something that magically prevents officers from making mistakes? Like what exactly are you proposing here? And the general tenor, again, is that this is happening every day. How does this keep happening? That the real problem for black men in America is that this is likely to happen to you if you're pulled over for a traffic stop. There are literally millions of officer-civilian interactions every year in the United States. The number of actual cases that happen like this are ex- like just on a statistical level, are extremely rare. That's why we know their names. Right? There are very few things in the United States that happen every single day to many, many, many people where you know everybody's name. This has happened to. But you know everybody's name. And the reason you know everybody's name is because statistically speaking, it is in fact extremely rare. In fact, it's significantly more rare for the cops to shoot a black person unarmed than it is for the cops to shoot a person who is white unarmed. That's according to Roland Fryer's study done at Harvard University just a couple of years ago. As Matt Walsh has pointed out, the the notion that this is a a race-based situation in Brooklyn Center is a very weird take. Matt Walsh at The Daily Wire says the shooting appears to be a tragic accident for which the officer might be held criminally liable. It doesn't appear to be the sort of racist execution that Black Lives Matter has made it out to be. Indeed, none of the police shootings protested by BLM have lived up to that billing. What we've learned time and again is that the rioters don't ultimately care what happens. He says, between January 1st, 2020 and March 31st, 2021, There have been 507 white people shot to death by police compared to 271 black people, right? Nobody knows the name of any of the white people. The only white person anybody knows the name of is Ashley Babbitt, right? Because she's the person who broke into the Capitol along with the other rioters and then was shot in the neck. We didn't hear a lot of protestations about police brutality in that case. Indeed, a lot of the, as Matt Walsh points out, a lot of people had no problem at all with Ashley Babbitt being shot. Okay, so when we say that this is a massive trend, the way that the St. Paul mayor is saying, 
Why does this keep happening? This has to, this won't stop happening until there's major system. What change are we talking about? In fact, can we be very specific about the problem we're talking about? Are we talking about the problem of police mistraining? Because there we have a solution. Are we talking about the problem of police brutality? Because there, there's some possible solutions. Or is the implication that black people are being routinely targeted for murder? Because this case does not support that idea. Even this case, as tragic and horrific as it is, does not support that actual idea. Now, Joe Biden had some words about this particular case. The word was woe. He just said that a lot. So he was asked about, about the Dante Wright shooting. And here was uh, Joe Biden's rather addled take. Wait a second. What I'm going to do, I'm going to see you all again in a few minutes. I've just took, taken the time, reason I was a few minutes late, to listen to the press conference. I'm preparing a statement, and I'll be happy to talk with you at the next meeting. Uh, inspiring stuff there from the president of the United States. Remember that time when it was treated as though, uh, it, literally, Joe Biden tweeted out last year that every violent incident was on Donald Trump because he was the president of the United States. Did that cease to apply because Joe Biden's president now? How does that mouth work? Exactly. Okay, in a second, we're going to get to the looting and rioting that inevitably seem to follow each one of these incidents, regardless of the details of the incident. First, let's talk about your sleep quality. So the reality is that I have very small children. They wake me up at odd times. That means I really value my sleep. That means when I get on that mattress, I want to be asleep right away. And the way I know that will work is because I have a mattress that is made specifically for me. Helix Sleep has a quiz. It takes just two minutes to complete, matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Everybody is unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattresses great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size folks. So, if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress you're matched to, the mattress comes right to your doorship for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store again. Helix is awesome, but you don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by both GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Ben, take their two-minute sleep quiz. They will match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to 200 bucks off all their mattress orders today and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Ben. That's helixsleep dot com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Okay, so rioting and looting did break out in Minneapolis over the past couple of nights after all of this. In fact, ironically and sadly and really pathetically, some of the businesses that were looted at this time were also ransacked last year during the George Floyd riots. This is according to Ryan Mills over at National Review. Several stores ransacked after Sunday's fatal police shooting in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, were vandalized and looted less than a year ago in the riots that ensued across the Twin Cities after George Floyd's death in police custody. Then people wonder why it is that criminal activity and rioting and looting lead to people withdrawing their businesses from major cities and the loss of both tax revenue and jobs. That would be why when you tell the cops to stand back, when the cops are deprived of their ability to do their jobs, two things can be true at once. Cops have to have ability to do their jobs. Also, cops should be prosecuted if they pull a gun instead of a taser and shoot somebody. Right? Like All of this can be true at once. But what's happened in the aftermath of all of this is this widespread reaction in which our nation's political leaders say that the police themselves are inherently bad, widespread change is necessary, and also we're going to change the terms of contract under which police officers work, thus to make it impossible for police to do ordinary police work, not to break the law, but to do ordinary police work. The Foot Locker, T-Mobile, and GameStop stores in the city were among the stores looted last May, said Mark Allen, president of the Brooklyn Center Business Association. 
He worries about the lasting impact the second go-round of rioting will have on the business community. Well, yes. According to Alan, what would be the rationale or the reason that any of these businesses would want to open in our community again? It's frustrating. He says, I can understand mourning for it. I can understand protesting for it. But then on the flip side, these are the same people running out of Foot Locker saying, yay, I got a free pair of shoes because of this. It doesn't make any sense. Okay, well, it's it, there is something fascinating that is happening here. Not, not, not just because you can see the impact here, right? Which is the sports leagues. Things were so bad that the sports leagues canceled all their games in Minneapolis in the aftermath of this. If your city is so lawless that in the aftermath of a bad policing incident, you have to cancel the Twins game, you have to cancel the Timberwolves game, your city's out of control. According to the New York Post, the Minnesota Twins postponed Monday's game against the Red Sox after the fatal shooting of Dante Wright, which has caused widespread protests throughout the city. Wright was killed during that traffic stop. The statement said, out of respect for the tragic events that occurred Sunday in Brooklyn Center and following the additional details in this evolving situation, the Minnesota Twins have decided it is in the best interest of our fans, staff, players, and community to not play today's game. The decision was made by the Twins after consultation with MLB and local and state officials. And the NBA did the same thing. Minnesota Timberwolves did the same thing. They suspended their game last night. They put out a statement saying the NBA announced that in light of the tragic events in the Minneapolis area yesterday, tonight's game between the Brooklyn Nets and the Minnesota Timberwolves at the Target Center has been postponed. Okay, the reality, of course, is that it's really not the shooting that is causing the postponement. It is the looting that is causing the postponement. There are tragic shootings that happen in major cities like Minneapolis every day. Most of them, the vast majority of them, do not involve the cops. If Chicago's sports teams were to delay every game based on tragic shootings in the city, they could not have a day where there was a game in the city of Chicago. And what's happening here is that criminals are running out of control, looting and rioting in the aftermath of incidents like this. And by the way, cheered on by the media, cheered on by the media. Okay, so for example, yesterday, the police chief in Brooklyn Center was talking and he was talking about the fact that there was in fact rioting in Minneapolis. And one of the reporters insists, no, there was no rioting. So we are going all the way back to the beginning of the summer last year when the media insisted that even though you were watching buildings burn in the background of the George Floyd protests, there was no rioting at all. You remember reporters literally standing in front of burning buildings and explaining these were mostly peaceful protests. Well, here is the, the Brooklyn Center police chief saying, nope, there was rioting. And a reporter saying, stop saying rioting. There was no rioting. Who are you going to believe? The reporters or your own eyes? Here's the police chief versus the reporter here. Just so everybody's clear, I was front and, front and center at the protest, at the at the riot. Um, we did not. There was. So I was we were being the officers that were putting themselves in harm's way were being pelted with frozen cans of pop. They were being pelted with concrete blocks. And yes, we had our helmets on and we had other protection gear, but an officer was injured, hit in the head with a brick brick. That was a Hennepin County deputy. He was transported to the hospital. So we had to make decisions. Okay, but the media are insisting, no, 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 no. Everything is perfectly peaceful. Everything is perfectly good. So we are back to last summer when rioting and looting is justified on the basis of a manslaughter case against a police officer. That's that's where we are. Now, the, what's, what's interesting is because Trump is no longer president, Democrats seem a lot less sanguine with the rioting and the looting this time. So you remember at the very beginning, there were like the Minneapolis mayor, he went down to the protesters and some of the rioters and he's like, I'm with you guys. I'm with you. And then they yelled at him and they called him a racist and all this sort of stuff. And you remember that many of the top Democratic officials were rather hesitant to talk in very strong terms about rioting and looting. Joe Biden was actually somewhat exceptional in this regard. Fairly early on, I think it was June 2nd after the after the riots started, 
he said that, you know, there, there really is no justification for writing. It was much softer language. Well, now Biden is, is you know, going after it a little bit harder because, of course, Joe Biden is president now and it doesn't look as wonderful for there to be rioting and looting while he's the president of the United States. Because after all, if you blame Trump for the rioting and looting, guess who's president now? It ain't Trump anymore. I want to make it clear again, there is absolutely no justification, none for looting, no justification for violence. Peaceful protest, understandable. And the fact is that, you know, we do know that the anger, pain and trauma that exists in the black community in that environment is real. It's serious and it's consequential, but it doesn't will not justify violence and or looting. Okay, and then Minnesota's governor, Tim Walls, the same guy who was saying we can't stand this anymore and we know there are solutions. I remind you at this time that the Democrats filibustered Tim Scott's police reform bill last year. Man, they used that Jim Crow tool, the filibuster, in order to stop a black Republican senator's police reform bill. Just a quick reminder how much of this is politics. Here's Minnesota's governor, Tim Walls, saying there's no tolerance for looting in this state. I mean, sure, we let you like run completely through the city last year, but now there's no tolerance for looting, at least. For those who choose to go out and, as Mayor Carter said, to exploit these tragedies for destruction or personal gain, you can rest assured that the largest police presence in Minnesota history and coordination will be prepared. You will be arrested. You will be charged. And there will be consequences for those actions. It's not debatable. You're not making the case. You're hurting the case. You're undermining the grief. And you hear it from families time and time again. Don't you dare step into our space where we're trying to enact change through our system. You notice a little bit of a change in attitude here from last year? I was in L.A. last year during the riots, and all the public officials were like, well, we kind of have to give them space to riot. I mean, it's like not great that they're doing this, but we'll tell the cops to stand back and stand down. We'll curfew the entire city at 6 p.m. to make sure that people have the space to go out and do what they want to do. We'll shut down Rodeo Drive at 1 p.m. in L.A. And now it's like Joe Biden's president, and suddenly all these Democratic policies are like, you know what we can't stand? This rioting and this looting, this has got to stop. We need some law and order around here. Yes, yes, so much of this is political. It really is quite astonishing. And this, again, ties into the broader narrative. And the broader narrative is that with Democrats in charge, finally solutions are on the way. There's a dual narrative. The dual narrative is, one, that every incident like this is proof of systemic American racism. Okay, this this is not a racist incident. I'm, I'm unaware of any racial overtones or undertones to this particular incident. The... I've seen the body cam footage. You've seen the body cam footage. Speaking of which, the Derek Chauvin incident, they still have not shown either first degree purposeful attempt at murder or two, I mean, they didn't charge that, or two, racism in that particular case. Okay, but the narrative is that whenever there is a police incident involving a non-black police officer and a black and a black victim, then that means that systemic American racism is at play. And secondarily, the Democrats are going to solve this thing. Democrats are really going to get on this and they're going to solve this thing. So the editorial board of the Washington Post has a piece today titled, Has Nothing Been Learned from George Floyd's Death? Okay, so first off, he hasn't been convicted yet, Derek Chauvin. I noticed. I noticed that that they're still in the process of that trial. And in fact, the case is not going swimmingly for the prosecution. There are a bunch of holes in the case. We've discussed them before. The defense is beginning to lay out its case this week. By Friday, the defense will have closed and they expect a verdict basically by Monday. But here's the Washington Post trying to connect all of these cases with a thin read, right, suggesting this is all about police racism, even though, again, the Chauvin case was not a case of racism, as far as I'm aware, in any piece of evidence. And this case is not about racism, as far as I'm aware. Bad policing can just be bad policing. In any case, the Washington Post is safe to say no one likes to be pulled over by police. But for black and brown people, there is extra dread and fear and danger. 
Okay, I'd like to see some statistical proof that this is the case. The shocking video of a black army officer being held at gunpoint and pepper sprayed by police during a traffic stop in Virginia and the fatal shooting of another black man by police in Minnesota who stopped him because of expired tags on his car. Once again, spotlight problems on how police treat people of color and the need for fundamental changes in how police operate. Now, here is where you would expect there to be some sort of statistical evidence demonstrating that motorists who are black are treated differently when pulled over than motorists who are white in terms of deadly force used or heavy force used, right? Here's where you'd expect, nope, Washington Post ain't gonna bring any because anecdotal evidence is better than statistical or data-driven evidence. By the way, I noted yesterday on this Virginia case, I talked about that, and I noted that that looked like a bad case of the police overreacting and, and acting badly with regard to the person in the car. If you actually watch the entire tape, and I recommend to you that you watch the entire tape through with Officer Brandon Tatum, who's been a guest on this program. He did a YouTube video in which he went through in detail that particular traffic stop the, the black army officer who was held during that stop, the, the lights started flashing. He drove for another mile and a half. He said he did so because he wanted to get into a lighted area. And then he refused a bunch of commands by the police to put his hands outside the car and to get out of the car. Meanwhile, he was simultaneously live streaming the thing. So does that mean that he was treated correctly by the police? It doesn't mean he was treated correctly by the police. It also doesn't mean that he was you know, completely complying with their commands and then they just went hog wild on him. That is not a completely accurate take on that particular incident either. So yesterday, I'd sort of given the impression that in that particular case, the, the, it was a completely one-sided case of the cops being completely awful and the person who was pulled over being completely innocent. Wasn't quite that simple. And I said, we have to wait for details on the Minnesota case. Well, now we have the details on the Minnesota case. And that one looks awful in pretty much every respect. And the one in Virginia, it looks awful in some respects, but not in other respects. Namely, the police officers in that case actually de-escalated use of force. So, for example, the police officer who pepper sprayed the, the black army officer, he actually had a gun in his hand. He took the gun, he holstered the gun, and then he took out the pepper spray. Should he have used the pepper spray on the guy? Probably not. Also, the guy didn't obey police commands, like on a bunch of occasions. He refused to unbuckle and get out of the car after told to do so many, many times. He was live streaming and, and arguing with the officers thoroughly. And none of that means that the police officers acted appropriately, but to treat that as this is a vicious case of police racism ignores some of the complicating factors. But according to the Washington Post, none of that matters. The release of footage showing how Corona Nazario was mistreated by police in Windsor, Virginia, and the killing Sunday of Dante Wright in a suburb of Minneapolis coincide with the ongoing trial of the former police officer charged with the murder of George Floyd, a case that ostensibly prompted a national reckoning on racial inequities in policing. Has nothing been learned from that tragedy? Again, they're drawing lines from dots, and it doesn't matter that the dots are different in kind in each case. Again, there's the implication of racism in the Chauvin case is not there. The implication of racism in the Virginia case is it's being imputed by the media. But is there evidence to suggest that if a white guy in a car refused over and over to obey police commands, that it wouldn't have ended the same way? Because again, there's no evidence of the police officers actually being racist in that particular case. In this particular case, is there evidence of systemic police racism? But that's the entire premise here. And the entire premise is supported by a handful of anecdotes where you didn't even make the case. Right? Those are the questions that come to mind watching how police interacted with Lieutenant Nazario in the December 5th, 2020 incident that is now the subject of a federal lawsuit. Even though the serviceman dressed in his army uniform had committed no crime, was respectful, had his arms up and was clearly confused about why he had been stopped, the officers treated him with contempt and belligerence. Okay, that's a mischaracterization of what actually happened. Okay, he, they, they say that he was respectful and he had his arms up. He actually did not obey police commands like over and over and over. Again, watch the entire tape. That, that does not mean that the police were correct, but that's a mischaracterization of what led up to that entire incident. 
More information is needed and investigation is underway, says the Washington Post into the death of Mr. Wright. A 20-year-old shot after a routine traffic stop went tragically awry. Brooklyn Center, Minneapolis, Police Chief Tim Gannon said the officer meant to fire a taser, but made an accidental discharge from her gun. During a news conference Monday, the chief played an unedited clip of police body camera video showing the officer yelling, taser, 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 firing a gun instead, and then exclaiming, holy bleep, I just shot him. Such a mix-up seems incomprehensible and raises obvious questions about training. Well, it does raise questions about training. As far as incomprehensible, is the idea here that she was lying? That she knew she was going to shoot him with the gun and she said, taser, taser, taser to what, throw off the cameras or something? Police said they had stopped right because he had expired registration tags. They discovered he had an outstanding arrest warrant for a misdemeanor offense and say he resisted police. Well, they didn't just say he resisted police. He did resist police. They tried to break free of the cops and he jumped back in the car. He seems to have posed no immediate danger and he surely could have been found at another time if serving the arrest warrant was so vital. Okay, well, now now you're getting into the area where the, where the Washington Post is just engaging in conjecture. You have an outstanding warrant for a guy. He tries to resist arrest by jumping back in his car and the idea is, okay, so we just let him go? Yeah, and then what would have happened if he had taken that car and hit somebody? Then the implication is the cop should have arrested him, right? Hindsight is is twenty twenty in in a lot of these cases. Again, especially when there's an intervening situation in which an officer violates the law and violates basic training protocol. But says the Washington Post, part of the way the police have traditionally been trained is to think they have to win at any cost, but that cost is far too high. No, that's saying that the officer in this case was acting as an outgrowth of a generalized police belief that you have to win at any cost, ignores the fact that the police officer in this case acknowledges that she did something wrong in the immediate aftermath of the incident. And so, again, the media wish to draw a narrative, and then they wish to use that narrative to foment a lot of the looting and, 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 and the violence. In fact, there was this amazing video yesterday on CNN of a black man approaching members of CNN saying to them, guys, would you just leave? You're making things worse. The answer there is, yeah, that's correct. They are making things worse. No question, because they don't analyze the situation. They don't analyze the context of every situation. They don't analyze the fact pattern. It's just not important to them at all. Here's that clip. Now you can see. Now you can see. see. Y'all be twisting up the story. You want to talk to me? Do you want to talk to me? Okay, cool. Don't take my mic, but we're cool. Okay. All right. So tell me what you think about what's going on What I think about this is all the press and all the extra y'all do makes this worse. You think so? Yes. Y'all need to get up out of here with all that twisting up the media. All righty. In just one second, we're going to get to the federal government absolutely blowing it with regard to its messaging on the vaccine. First, let us talk about the fact that when it comes to investing, investing in art is a really interesting investment, right? Because you know, the fact is that you really can't afford to buy a Renoir painting, for example, but it is a great investment. If you were able to, that thing would just churn out investment value over time. Well, investing in art should not be reserved for people who can afford like the entire Renoir. Instead, did you know that only 1% of day traders actually turn a profit? Why are many of us mistaking picking stocks for serious investing? You can't control the markets. You can control your risks. How do billionaires of the likes of Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos control risk? They invest in blue chip art and you can do it too. Contemporary art prices outperformed the S&P 500 by 172% from 1995 to 2020, with the Fed injecting money into the economy like never before. Smart investors are moving some of their wealth to hard assets like art and hedging against inflation. You can get involved too. Masterworks.io. It's a private platform that lets you invest in paintings by artists like Basquat and Monet at a fraction of the cost. It's no wonder that 84% of the ultra-wealthy collect art, an exclusive asset class that has historically been held by the top 1% alone. But... It doesn't need to be that way. 
you can basically fractionally buy into a great piece of art and hold the value of that art. To start investing in art, visit masterworks.io today. Skip the 10,000-person waitlist. Just tell them that I sent you. See important information at masterworks.io slash disclaimer again. That is masterworks.io. Get started today investing in a really creative, fascinating, and uh, and value-laden way. That's masterworks.io. All righty. In just a second, we're going to get to the federal government completely blowing its messaging on on vaccinations. It's, it's one of the worst public health messaging disasters I've seen in my lifetime. We'll get to that in a second. First, it's already episode five, and people cannot get enough of Candace Owens or her new show, Candace. If you haven't checked it out yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. Candace is a thought leader. She hosts a lively series of guests every week for discussion panel interviews, and my favorite portion, her cancel corner. This week, she's hosting comedian and podcaster Adam Carolla. Tune in. You're not going to want to miss their conversation. The show streams on Fridays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central at dailywire.com, but you can get the audio podcast Candace on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. So, if you need some Candace Owens in your podcast feed, look no further. Head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, subscribe today, and be sure to leave a five-star review if you like what you hear. You're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Meanwhile, the federal government is blowing it again. It is amazing. We spent like a year talking about how Donald Trump is the establishment media, your establishment media. Donald Trump was screwing with the public health messaging, him with all of his bleach and all of his and all of his talk about masks and how it's screwing it up. And the only forces saving America were the CDC and the FDA. I would just like to point something out here. I cannot name a thing I think that the CDC and the FDA did right during this entire pandemic. The CDC blew it on masking at the very beginning. The FDA blew it on testing at the very beginning. The FDA then proceeded to hold up the testing on the vaccines costing us precious weeks of time in which people were getting COVID at extraordinary rates. And now the FDA is making a move that is beyond, uh, uh, the CDC has been politicized thoroughly. Got Rochelle Walensky out there saying we should open the schools. And then the minute that Joe Biden says he doesn't want the schools open, she reverses herself and she says the schools really shouldn't be open. Meanwhile, you've got people like Anthony Fauci out there suggesting routinely that vaccines are overrated. Like what has, seriously, what has our nation's federal public health infrastructure actually done that is good? Can you name it? I'm I'm, like throughout the pandemic. Can you name those things? Because I'm waiting to hear examples of it. The latest example of the federal government absolutely blowing it in an extraordinary way is that the U.S., the FDA and the CDC have now said they're going to stop using the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And now, why in the world would they do this? We have millions of those doses going out. In fact, we have something like 6.8 million Americans, 7 million Americans who have taken doses of the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. It is a very effective vaccine. It is a one-shot vaccine. It is not a two-shot vaccine, which means that you can trash it out really, really quickly. It's about 80% effective as opposed to like the 95%, 90-95% that you get from Pfizer or Moderna. So why exactly are they stopping the Johnson & Johnson shots? I kid you not. Here's the New York Times reporting. Federal health agencies on Tuesday called for an immediate pause in use of Johnson & Johnson's single-dose COVID vaccine after six recipients in the United States developed a rare disorder involving blood clots within about two weeks of vaccination. All six recipients were women between the ages of 18 and 48. One woman died. A second woman in Nebraska has been hospitalized in critical condition. Nearly 7 million people in the United States have received Johnson & Johnson shots so far. So we are shutting down the distribution of a vaccine that has now been put in the arms of 7 million people because six people got a condition. Six. So that means that basically your chances of ending up with this blood clot if indeed the vaccine causes the blood clot, because we don't know yet, right? it could be a complicating factor. If the vaccine causes the blood clot in some rare way, how rare is this? Well, the chances of being struck by lightning in the United States are about one in 500,000. So 
This would be about the chance of being struck by lightning two times, right? Or, or at least the, the chance of being struck by lightning. But like it's half that chance. So I, I don't even know what the statistical equivalent of that is. This is insane. I mean, crazy towns. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values. And that when people say free, they should mean, you know, actually free. When you switch to Pure Talk today, you will get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. No four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last, rugged screen, quick charging battery, top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family will save almost $1,000 a year. So... I challenge you to choose a company that actually shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Switch to my cell phone company. I've been using Pure Talk for years at this point. I tell you that coverage is excellent. I trust them. You can too. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and switch to my cell phone company today. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. The, the, the notion that you are shutting down the distribution of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine because your chances are one in over a million of getting a blood clot. You want to talk about creating a bubble society. And, and by the way, there are downside risks here. If you don't get the vaccine, you're significantly more likely to die of COVID, particularly if you're in a vulnerable group. If you're an obese lady who's 35 and you don't get the vaccine, what do you think is more likely? You're going to die of the blood clot or you're going to die of COVID? This is insane. But the federal government is doing this. Because they are ridiculous. Because our public health messaging on these vaccines has been absolute horse crap. Absolute garbage. According to the New York Times, we are recommending a pause in the use of this vaccine out of an abundance of caution. Your abundance of caution is not cautious. It's reckless. It is reckless to tell millions that there are 9 million doses waiting to go out right now. It is reckless to tell people they should not get the vaccine because of a 1 in 1 million chance they might get a blood clot. But the FDA... Dr. Peter Marks says, right now, these adverse events appear to be extremely rare, but we're, we're pausing out of an abundance of caution. That is not cautious. COVID is running rampant in Michigan right now. In fact, Christine Whitmer has been begging for there to be more COVID vaccine from Johnson & Johnson in her state. And you're telling, we're going to hold this up because, you know, you might get struck by an alien landing craft or something. You never know. While the move is framed as a recommendation to health practitioners in the states, the federal government is expected to pause administration of the vaccine at all federally run vaccination sites. Federal officials expect that state health officials will take this as a strong signal to do the same. Scientists with the FDA and CDC will jointly examine possible links between the vaccine and the disorder and determine whether the FDA should continue to authorize use of the vaccine for all adults or limit the authorization. Again, the FDA and the CDC have been awful throughout this pandemic. This is something that, that I know we've been ignoring because we're supposed to pretend the federal government is good at this. They suck. Okay, the federal government has been garbage at this. If the FDA had accelerated trials on these COVID vaccines. You know, little known fact, do you know when the coding was done for the mRNA vaccine that was, that was eventually used to kill COVID? Do you know when that was coded? January of 2020. January. Okay, before people even knew that this thing was going to be a global pandemic in the United States, there was already coding for the mRNA vaccine. It then took nine, 10 months to develop this thing and run it through all the FDA trials. If they'd accelerated it by even three weeks, how many lives would have been saved? But the FDA is here to save you guys. The FDA is what you do. It's ridiculous. The CDC and the FDA have been a garbage show all throughout this. But you're supposed to trust your government doctors. They know all. 
It's unclear whether the pause in the use of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine will upset the Biden administration's plans to deliver enough vaccine to be able to inoculate all adults in the United States by the end of May, says the New York Times, or whether the demand will be made up by other manufacturers. This is absurd at the highest level. Everybody with any brain understands how absurd this is. In Washington, D.C., they canceled every Johnson & Johnson vaccine appointment from April 13th to 17th. Great idea, guys. It's going great. The FDA put out a series of tweets. They said, as of 4-12, April 12th, 6.8 million plus doses of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine have been administered. The CDC and FDA are reviewing data involving six reported cases. Treatment of this specific type of blood clot is different from the treatment that might be typically administered. CDC will convene a meeting of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices on Wednesday to further review these cases and assess their potential significance. You know, you might have wanted to, I don't know, call that meeting before you announced a complete shutdown on the vaccine that is going out to millions of Americans right now. But this is all part and parcel of the insane overzealousness and ridiculous caution that is actually reckless by our public health officials. I mean, Anthony Fauci said yesterday that after you're vaccinated, you still should not go and eat and drink indoors. Screw off, dude. There is no data to suggest this. None. Okay, Anthony Fauci is just saying, he's just pulling this stuff directly out of his colon. It's, it's amazing that this person is a well-respected public figure. Eating and drinking indoors in restaurants and bars, is that okay now? No, it's still not okay for the simple reason that the level of infection, the dynamics of infection in the community are still really disturbingly high. And if you are vaccinated, please remember that you still have to be careful and not get involved in crowded situations, particularly indoors where people are not wearing masks. This is just horse crap. Once you're vaccinated, your chances of passing this thing on to another person are so low that the CDC itself has said that if you're in a room with another person who has COVID and you don't end up symptomatic, you don't have to quarantine. What the hell are you talking about? These vaccines are so effective that they prevent virtually all serious disease and death. And yet you're saying that I can't go to a restaurant? No one's listening to this crap anymore. And when you downplay the effect of the vaccine, you end up with people being like, so what the hell is the point of me taking this thing? We don't have any longitudinal testing on it. So why exactly would I take a vaccine where it doesn't even solve any problems in my life? But Anthony Fauci, again, this abundance of caution approach began with, we're going to shut down all industry in the United States for a year and just blow out the government dollar, which in fact is not caution, it's recklessness. Then it turned into, we're going to shut down the vaccine distribution out of caution, which is recklessness because people need the vaccine. Now it's, you can't go back to restaurants and, you know, revive American industry out of abundance of caution. It's not caution. There's a point where your caution becomes recklessness. There's a point where your definition of caution becomes such reckless insanity that you are destroying people's lives and putting them at further health risk. That is where we are right now. When Anthony Fauci says we can't be declaring victory prematurely, you know what the danger is right now? That you're going to declare loss forever. That is the danger. The danger is when you tell people they have to stay in their house no matter what, you're destroying American society, you're destroying the economy. And by the way, when it comes to things like this vaccine, you're actually destroying people's ability to get the vaccine they need. And yet people still trust our public health officials. Amazing, amazing stuff. You know who got us out of this pandemic? Private pharmaceutical companies, big pharma and the states. That's who got us out of this pandemic. Not the feds, not the FDA, not the CDC. All righty, we'll be back here later today with an additional hour of content. Coming up soon is the Matt Wall Show. It airs at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to check it out over at dailywire.com. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. 
We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Elliot Feld. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producer is Mathis Glover. And our assistant director is Pavel Wydowski. Editing is by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Fabiola Cristina. Production assistant is Jessica Kranz. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The body cam footage of Dante Wright's death has been released. The media tries to convince the Brooklyn Center police chief that the rioting he just experienced was not actually rioting. The White House unveils its cartoonish and insulting strategy to convince white conservatives to get vaccinated. And the actor who formerly voiced the character Apu on The Simpsons says that he wants to apologize to each Indian person individually for that character. All of that and much more today on The Matt Walsh Show.